Keanu Reeves had a fake threesome with Eli Roth's wife. And guess what? It was Eli's idea. Today on Filmhouse, we're talking about what really goes down when actors film a sex scene, examining some weird and controversial scenes in cinema history, and breaking down why the new standards and protocol from the Screen Actors Guild is so important on set. Welcome to the show. Um, welcome to Filmhouse. I'm Elise. Uh, this is Lindsay, Adam, and James. Hello. Hi. Thanks for being here, guys. Absolutely. Thank you. This week's... You, you told me the subject. I jumped right on. Yeah, you did a lot of research. <laughs> you pushed me out of the way. Mm-hmm. I thought that was strange since <laughs> I was hosting it. But uh, this week's episode is brought to you by two sponsors. The first is Quip. If you go to getquip.com slash film right now, you'll get your first real refill free. But you have to go right now. Right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and our second sponsor is the Supernatural Comedy Extraordinary out at the Alamo Draft House, March 6th. Mm. Movies on movies here movies today, on guys, movies. okay? Uh, <laughs> I thought that... Why are we here, Elise? Yeah, what's Why going? are we here? Where? You said... I mean, I know why I'm here. Yeah, well, Elise came to me, she said, I want to talk about sex, baby. Mm-hmm. I did. But then that, not you and me. And right, like, right. gross. But then, touch well, me. Yeah, he said, no, we'll let's talk about it on a podcast. Mm-hmm. And now this is the long con. Well, mm-hmm. And then I said, in cinema. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I thought I'll gather my fellow industry bigwigs. Mm-hmm. And perverts. Um, you know, people who, <laughs> and perverts, people who've got a lot of experience in this sort of field on yeah, sets absolutely. and doing absolutely. this sort of stuff. This is a sitting <laughs> HR nightmare. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, because in January, the Screen Actors Guild, SAG, if you will, they introduced some new standards and protocols uh, for filming sex scenes in mm. movies and what you need to have on set uh, per an in- intimacy mm. coordinator, yep. which we'll get to in a little bit. Cat wrangler. Um, <laughs> and and this is it's it's important, and it's something that kind of illustrates how much film has changed in the last hundred years, and we'll we'll get to that later in the show. Mm-hmm. But I wanted us to talk a little bit about what what you normally think of when you think of a sex scene in a movie, and debunking some of those myths. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about uh, watching a cool movie with my grandparents, <laughs> <laughs> and then that movie being two days in the valley, and going, "Well, this is interesting." And then, oh, and they're like, "Please step out of the room for mm-hmm. this scene." Mm-hmm. So, so those multiple scenes, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I think a lot of people have the conce- the the idea that a, a sex scene filming it is sexy. Mm. No. Uh, yes. Prob- maybe. Prob- yeah. Probably. I'm sure the average person thinks that, oh, uh, you mean Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie are going to, we're just going to watch them have sex and a bunch of, some guy's going to hold a boom and be like, <laughs> this is so hot. Yeah. This scene's going to be so hot that they are going to yeah. leave the respective relationships they're in and get together because it was just so hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that doesn't happen. Should they so. take Academy Awards away from people when they do that? <laughs> yes. They go, Clearly you weren't acting because you were both really into mm. it. But how dare we judge them? Mm-hmm. They're well, hot. There are lots of things that are actually done on set that make the whole process not sexy at all. Like, and I think a lot of actors go into it and it just feels more awkward to them mm-hmm. than it does sexy. Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, because it's a really weird thing to do. I've personally never done it. A sex scene? A sex, sex scene on, on screen. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh. Not on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, Not for the uh, theater going public. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, we've done it on a lower scale, but just filming in general is awkward. Yeah, you've filmed, like, sensitive material where you guys are wearing, like, skimpy outfits and oh, stuff. Oh, I mean, that, that actually didn't bother me as much as the, the sort of thing where 
there's a giant camera, there's the light, the guy holding, like James was saying, there's like 10,000 people on set, and then they go, and action, and you go, fuck, what was I supposed to say? Or like, you have to remember the direction and how you're walking, all this stuff's like, it yeah. just makes life and awkward. You're trying to keep your half chub going. And yeah. Because you, <laughs> you can't remember your lines. That's unrelated to the well, film that we're doing. This, but yes. Th- I know we're talking about sex scenes, but like just in general, if you're filming a horror, you're probably not that scared on no. set. Because even though in the movie it's you alone in a sewer mm-hmm. and there's a man with a blade pursuing you, in the context of the set, it's you, 55 other people. Covered in complete, just washed out in light like we are here. <laughs> and and you don't even know that there's a killer in this scene. You're just supposed to come around a corner and go, oh, whoa, yeah. and then mm-hmm. keep going. You and know? that's acting. That's, that's acting. acting. Yeah, they give them awards Editing, for that. too. Yeah. <laughs> I've spoken to actors who have been in horror, and they've said that they didn't know what was scary about the scene until, like, they mm-hmm. saw it afterward. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, oh. Yeah, that's um, probably why they do those jump scares and stuff like that. I know, like, there's there's other stories that, like, the Blair Witch Project, where they legit try to scare the actors because they're going for a documentary vibe. So they would go out in the middle of the night and like fuck with them and shake their tent and all that. Mm-hmm. But it's like you, like James, like you can't get away with that when <laughs> there's a giant light that's yeah. the, the power of the sun <laughs> <laughs> blasting into you. And you're like, all right, and now the killer's in the box, but you won't see him because yeah. we're going to shoot him in later. Blair Witch? That's uh, true. It's off camera. <laughs> okay. It's after that guy standing in the corner and his friend goes, and he's like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> well, also just on a similar scale, like there are points where you're like acting with someone and you're just like, all right, in this scene, you're going to take this person's hand and then walk down the street. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's as in- intimate as you take their hand and walk down the street. And you go and you're like, hey, okay, so how yeah. – uh, how do you want it? Everything, <laughs> everything becomes a middle school dance. Yeah. You're like, yeah. okay, so I'll just okay. So is this gonna be okay? Yeah. Is that gonna be okay? Oh, your leg. I'm so now, sorry. Imagine if it's your genitals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like a lot of actors have talked about their weird experiences filming like sex scenes. Like I have a few stories yes, here. Oh, you had you stories. have a few stories. Yeah, I mentioned oh, it. I mentioned it in my my <laughs> intro, but Keanu Reeves he had to simulate a three a threesome for the film Knock Knock. And one of the women in that was Eli Roth's, who was the director, his actual wife. Mm-hmm. So like Eli so Roth, yeah, it's it's really weird. Um, and Hollywood baby, this yeah. one yeah. middle America hates us. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and guess Eli Roth wasn't. Fuming of like, Ooh, how dare that Keanu Reeves touch my wife's like. I'm gonna guess that wasn't the first time he let that happen. No, he was like, he was like, when I get my hands on that casting director that I hired and approved, <laughs> all the casting of our wife, my wife. Oh, God. All right, action. Let's go for take twenty five. <laughs> Another Just one. Squirt, squirt, squirt. Christopher Mintz Plus, when he filmed Superbad, McLovin, he was a minor, so he needed to have his mom on set to watch him, and mm-hmm. so he's like, I think it's the scene where he's like. Simulating sex with is it is it Andy? Mm-hmm. Um, what's her name? Marcus. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we both said the <laughs> stupidest possible answers. Uh, do you have the do you have the scene in there or a similar story but with American Beauty? No, it's the American Beauty story. So the girl, uh, Mina uh, Suvari. No, no, no. Uh, Thora Birch. Oh yeah, Thora Birch was underage um, when she showed her breasts, and they had to her parents had to be on set for that. But her parents were already like porn stars or something. Like, yeah. honey, yeah. we couldn't be more proud. <laughs> I was also confused in that film why the plot point of that was she wanted to get breast enlargement. It was like, they're already huge. Did she? Is that what it was? That was she, she wanted to get bra- breast augmentation. And then Bag Boy was like, you don't need them scary eyes. Oh, okay. I don't remember that. But uh, another story. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia Coleman on The Favorite. 
uh, told told the story about how Emma. Um, Oh my god! I can't remember Stone. anyone's name today. Emma Stone. There was a scene <laughs> in where she had to finger her, and Olivia Coleman's like she was really nervous. So I went to makeup and I got this sponge, and it was like, and I wet it, and then I put it as a barrier to like you know so that yeah. she would not be insecure about it. But then she was like going up my leg under the covers, and then was like super disgusted. <laughs> she, she goes, "That's number one." <laughs> yeah, yeah and she said, "That's number one." Um, wait, so wait, tell that story again, real quick. So. So they, she, you, she was like, so she doesn't actually have to feel all over my vagina. Mm-hmm. I will put a wet sponge down there so right. she can use it. Wet sponge is basically the same thing as a real vagina anyway. As we ask know. anyone, okay, and uh, and then that'll that'll give her the ability to just use that in the scene as an actor. Mm-hmm. Except that it didn't matter. It didn't stop Emma Stone. Her lust, her disgusting lust, meant that she was crawling all over her leg anyway. Okay. Is that a wet sponge in your pants, or are you just washing dishes? <laughs> oh God! <laughs> um, but for the most part, it seems like a lot of actors are are not like looking to get their rocks off. They're all like really, they all sound really nervous when they describe it, or they don't want to make the other person feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And there are precautions that are taken on sets, uh, good sets that that kind of help with managing the sensitivity of shooting these scenes so like modesty patches and coverings Lindsay, you know what this stuff is right yeah modesty what? patches i mean you worked at cow chop so i'm sure they, what they there was mod- no modesty there oh. well, dude, modesty why are you doing that with your hands you're flipping your hands up and down what does that indicate <laughs> yeah. modesty i'm confused <laughs> as to like what a, a covering modest- they might okay. tape to your genitals that is where oh, our okay. heart of hearing um, audience Maybe you would put like a pillow between yourself and another actor. Mm-hmm. Prosthetics that create the illusion of sex. Yeah. I was gonna say a pillow between yourself and the other actor. I thought they were supposed to not be having sex. <laughs> <laughs> James, why don't you describe what a closed set is? A closed set is when uh, it the the set has only the absolute minimum staff there. So uh, if you've ever been on a film set, there's a lot of people milling about. There's yeah. more m- more often than not, there's an AD shouting, be quiet, because mm-hmm. people are just doing shit in the background, whatever the fuck they want while we're trying to film this movie or the show a or whatever. Crew. But a closed set would indicate we have assessed these are the only absolute required people that need yeah. to be on set for the filming of the scene. So it's it'd probably like the be- director. It'd probably be the director, Camera guy. An a, 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 maybe a single AD, Catering. The, the director of photography, a focus puller or camera op, if that's not the same thing, um, and uh, and that like a sound person, mm-hmm. and like that would be the bare minimum that yeah. they would need to have there. So instead of there being fifty people around where you're climbing on top of someone naked, there's maybe seven or eight. You also need your pervert, uh, pervert barometer there <laughs> where he's just the guy who goes, oi! Yeah. He's got tech he's like t- a Ghostbuster. Mm-hmm. I thought well, you are describing a really weird Muppet. Pervert no, the frog. There's just one guy in the room who can tell you if it's too racy or not. Oh, yeah. He sounds like the guy who owns oh, MrSkin.com oh, or something. Oh, he, starts, he starts overeating. No, no, no. Roll it back. Have, you, back. have you ever heard Have you ever heard that guy, the guy who owns Mr. Skin? You know, that that Website from uh, Noct or what was yeah, it? Yeah, uh, you mean Mr. Skin. Yeah, for I yeah. assume that was his name. Well, he's an actual guy who runs the website. He would be on a local radio show here in LA where Mr. Skin is where they clip out sex scenes from movies. And just to she hear. Knows. Th- Lindsay knows. Lindsay. You don't have to tell yeah. her. You were giving I me a look. A, I, I got know. a long drive every morning. <laughs> he, he sounds like a really perverted Don. 
where he's like, oh, yeah, oh, you're going to love this scene. It's like, ugh. Okay. <laughs> like, why do you take the fun out of it, dude? Uh-huh. Anyway, he's, that's what you need. What was your point, that you bookmarked this site or what? <laughs> <laughs> when I log in to MrSkin.com every day. James, there was a, a scene we shot for Arizona Circle where Bruce was in the nude. Yes. And you were directing that? I was. And I asked for more people. What? We went out to the streets and I get more people what? on set. What God, happened then? What did you do to make Bruce feel comfortable? On set? Uh, well, for the first thing was first is I asked him what his level of comfort was. This is for the um, the sequence in the bathroom stalls where he's he's recreating something he did voluntarily before. It's a reference to an inside gaming video where Adam was like, go pretend you're on the toilet. And then mm-hmm. when Adam opened the door, Bruce was fully nude sitting on the toilet Mm -hmm. covering his genitals with his hand. That was Bruce's decision then. Obviously, (laughs) things changed. It wasn't just Adam filming a BTS when we were going to do it on the set for Arizona Circle. And I said, well, I wrote this joke in because I thought it was a funny reference to something that our audience knows, but we can figure something out. We can shoot it in a way that it's similar, but it doesn't have to be similar. So if you want, we can you put underwear on or we can get a dancer's belt, which is basically like a just to turn you into a Ken doll or something. It's like a thong it's like, Or if you want to have your boxers on, that's fine too. You do like whatever. And he was like, he's like, no, I'm good. He's like, let's do it. He's like, I'll just cover myself. And I was like, okay. And I was like, all right, well, we can also have less people here. He's like, no, no, it's, it's okay. I was like, so, so basically what happened was he just went into the stall. The camera was already set up. So the shot was framed and we did it with someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so he went into the stall, took, took down his pants covered himself. I asked if he was ready. We started rolling. He opened the, we opened the door. He's in there. We closed the door. I think we did it maybe twice just to get two different speeds. Third time for fun. (laughs) And then, uh, (laughs) and then, and then since he was already in an enclosed space, closed the door and then he pulled his pants back up and then he was done Mm -hmm. and that was it. So, but I mean, the big thing is I had, I had a conversation with Bruce beforehand because it's a lot, it was a lot of people. Yeah. It was a crowded bathroom, and it's a lot of people, and you're basically looking into their eyes as you're covering your own penis and balls. So, yeah. Movies are fun. That's I'm a, a professional. Story. I'm a professional, I guess. <laughs> Another I'd love th- to shoot more. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing that happens, and this is sometimes a, a post thing, is CGI and body doubles mm. on sets. Stuntcock. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I thought was... Stunt cock. Well, yeah. Have you ever seen Orgasmo? They're like, bring in the stunt cock. And it's someone who looks absolutely nothing like Trey Parker. But that was part of the joke. But I guess that is a real thing. Mm-hmm. They, they did it for the uh, the film uh, uh, Nymphomaniac, parts ones and twos. Oh, who did who had the stunt in that? She had a stunt, a body double, right? Yeah, the main the main lady who's mm-hmm. uh, Lars, Lars yeah. von Trier's He's muse. Done. Oh, okay. Where he likes to put things in her. Um I was confused by the Lena Headey thing. Oh, she was pregnant, right? I mean, I think she just didn't want to do it. Yeah, she just didn't want to walk down the street. But she's been naked before. She had done it in like earlier seasons, right? And then suddenly Mm, now she was like- She had never been naked as Cersei. She she did nudity in 300. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, again, that was what almost- Ten years prior to this, yeah. and you she know, may I'm have sure been she... like, "I'm at this point in my career, I don't want to do it." Yeah. You know, still yeah. looks beautiful. Um, she's also the interesting thing about her too. She's covered in tattoos. Oh yeah, she has a lot of back and like arm mm-hmm. tattoos and stuff. So it's like uh, great makeup work and mm-hmm. and covering her during the walk of shame. Yeah, well, except shame. it wasn't her. Well, it was like her. No. That, oh, so that's CGI, right? There. No, not necessarily. But we're, like, we're seeing a shot of her, like her shoulders up, and you can see they cut. Yeah. She, she had her a body double. They may have used some CGI. Mm-hmm. Um. 
there was another instance where Isla Fisher and Wedding Crashers, she had like multiple doubles because oh. she didn't want to do a bunch Bryce of stuff. Bryce Howard. Like, uh, who else? Well, I guess there's like one scene where she's like rubbing a dude under a table and she had a hand double. She had a boob double. She had a butt double. Oh. Um, she had a hand double? Yeah. I mean, I guess it makes sense. My, yeah. My if you're fav- like, it's just my hand, I don't, they're not paying me enough for my hand. <laughs> yeah. my, my favorite example of all of this, and I'm curious if there's ever been an interview done, but the movie Coyote Ugly mm-hmm. has a R-rated cut. I didn't realize this because it was coming out and I was like, this is the kind of movie that's exciting for like like preteen boys mm-hmm. and teenage girls. It's like, wow, so wild. Like yeah. I'm going to see cleavage kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But me as an as a t- actual teenager, I was like, no, you're not tricking me. Uh, except that then they ended up going back and making an R-rated version of that movie, which is the exact same movie except when she hooks up with the guy, they have sex. Mm-hmm. And there's a sex scene, except it's the, it's they're making out from above, and then it cuts to a bunch of neck down, like shoulder down shots of a man and a woman taking their clothes off so they can get a shot of her boobs and her butt, mm-hmm. and then them writhing together, except it's clearly not her. It's right. doubles. So so I don't even know if she was aware <laughs> that they were – it wasn't even the kind of thing like this where someone was stepping in to yeah. like, all right, now replace – She didn't know they were filming the scene. She may have. I, I'm curious if she even knew that they were going to add this thing in, implying that this was her into this movie. I have yeah. no idea. But mm. it's either way, it's so awkward that yeah. sometimes those are the ways that you have to navigate it. Oh, I get that R cut, that Snyder cut. If you it, will. it all sounds so awkward. And like, I there, there's Ashton Kutcher, the great Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> I'm looking at a quote of his where he talks about how he he thinks Sir Lawrence Olivier once said of being in sex scenes, um, I apologize if I get aroused and I apologize if I do not get aroused. <laughs> yeah. Like, I imagine you just want, for mo- most decent people want the person that they're doing it, this scene with to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there are situations where like, no matter h- how the party's involved, how, mu- how much they care, you know, you want to make sure that there are some standards in play mm-hmm. because this is like sensitive um, material. So, mm-hmm. Oh, so you got the actual SAG guide here. For I the, did, for yeah. The intimacy coordinator. In the in the wake of Me Too, SAG's kind of like, shit, we gotta like get our act together and we gotta do some stuff. Like in I think it was in twenty eighteen, they made a rule that like you cannot take meetings in hotel rooms, like auditions mm. or meetings in hotel rooms. Thanks, Harvey. Wonder why. <laughs> I know, yeah. One guy ruined it for the rest of us. As always. <laughs> I mean, the rule used to be before was like, just get us a copy. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see what, I want to see the BTS. <laughs> and in 20, January 2020, they introduced this standards and protocol for the use of intimacy coordinators. So their, their whole thing now is like, we want to make sure that there's a person on most, if not all sets, an intimacy coordinator mm-hmm. who is sort of, running uh, any interference on any sex scenes mm-hmm. that might be happening. They're all um, eunuchs, anything that's, right? Yeah. <laughs> anything okay. that is vulnerable or sensitive material. They define an intima- intimacy coordinator as an advocate, a liaison between actors and production, and a movement coach and or choreographer in regards to nudity and simulated sex and other intimate and hyper-exposed scenes. So, yeah, they're, like, communicating with the actors and the director and the producers and and 
the caterer at all times, like making sure that the actors feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. What are and the qualifications to be the intimacy coordinator? Like, what does that resume look y- like? You, you raise your hand work, faster yeah. than anyone else in the room. <laughs> and may I say, Lindsay, you <laughs> just, I'm the guy the sex. You just started working here. You're, yeah. you're not. I imagine though, it's like I, I remember talking to a guy. I was I was working uh, on the world famous film Girl Next Door, which has a lot Ooh. to do with sex and pornography. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually it's a pretty safer work movie overall. It's not, not, not so bad. But there was a guy there who was he was working, and I was like I was like interested in getting into filmmaking and stuff. And I was like, oh, so this is your full time job? I was like, no, I, I'm an editor on the side, like when I'm not working at the Costco, you know, depot or whatever. I'm like, oh, what do you got? He's like, porn, mostly porn. I always have to edit porn. I'm like, that must that cool? He's like, no, I'm so desensitized. Like I hate it. Mm-hmm. I oh, hate. Yeah. He's like, I can't I can't watch porn anymore. Hmm. Like it just it has ruined me. Because he has to watch it and edit and watch it over and over and over. And he's like, watching the nitty gritty of it. Yeah. Like the the, the t- unsexy stuff. The outtakes. Yeah. yeah. All the weird stuff. And so similar. I imagine the intimacy coordinator is just like, ugh. He goes home to their their respected partner and they're just like, honey, are we, you know, we can do anything for Valentine's Day? He's like, fuck off. <laughs> I need to just look at like bears mm-hmm. sleep hibernating. Well, it's it's crazy to think that it took until 2020 for something like this to happen because, well, I guess it's not that crazy, but it, it's it's like there's so many situations, things that have come out where it's like if I had known, if I wasn't 19 and didn't and hadn't been told that this was my only option, then I probably wouldn't have done that in yeah. that movie or whatever that exists forever. And, you know, I'm sure we're going to talk about it later, but like Last Tango in Paris Mm. is a it's considered a classic erotic thriller or whatever now. Mm. But like starring Marlon Brando by a, I think, a famous Italian director, Mm -hmm. Bertolucci, I believe. Mm -hmm. And so but like the interviews with the woman in that movie afterwards are like and it took decades for her to come out and say it. But was very revealed. She was like she was like, ah, they just started they were, we were on set, and it's like, all right, well, we got to get this done before noon. Take off your clothes. And she's like, what? It's like, oh, we're going to do a sex scene yeah. now. And it's like, okay. what? Uh, yeah. And like at the time, she was like, I probably should have called in my agent or a lawyer or something. But it a wasn't. police officer. The, the director had the had this agenda of making this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then everyone <laughs> works for the director. And so it, there's no advocate for you on set if you're like feel uncomfortable. And so it's like just insane pressure to think mm-hmm. that this is your only option. Yeah. There's some more background on that. So Marlon Brando, Marlon Brando was 48 years old. Maria Sh- Schneider, who was his uh, scene partner, she was 19 at the time. Uh. And so the scene, and this is like graphic and sensitive if you're sensitive to this sort of stuff, but the scene entailed uh, Brando using a stick of br- a butter for lube before like forcing himself on her character. And yeah, like you said, like she found out about it right before they were doing it because Bertolucci wanted her to like have a genuine reaction. So like they were like pretty much like crossing every boundary with her and she had, she, she's dead now, but she had like a history of with like drugs and suicide attempts after that, that she maybe like traced back to like this event possibly. But yeah, like she, this was a situation where if there was an intimacy coordinator on this shoot, they would have shut this, down immediately mm-hmm. you know and she yeah she didn't have any kind of advocate and it and it is a situation where like for someone like her this probably this is a big opportunity for her she doesn't want to say no mm-hmm. you know and she, or like be perceived as difficult or not mm-hmm. willing like and you think like oh well it's just pretending it's you're, you're not re- really doing it but it's still like a thing where someone's invading your personal space mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know it's it's like 
still a sensitive thing. Yeah. I mean, um, also, its power dynamic is yeah. also one of the bigger things. You know, a lot of times it's you felt small and worthless. The situation made you feel that way and you felt like you had no control. And that's what sticks with you more than anything in a lot of cases. So, you know, whether or not it was simulated doesn't really matter. She was still assaulted on set. And it was it, the worst thing is there was like a a pre-planning from the director to be like. And Marlon Brando, well, no, and, knew. And, and apparently Brando it was Marlon Brando's idea. It's like, oh, if we assault her, we'll get a more genuine reaction yeah. to her being assaulted. And it's like. Yeah. 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 At that yep. point, it's not acting. It's it's mm-hmm. actually just assault. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. I think, I think he wanted to be a porno director. <laughs> he probably should have just done that. I'm 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 curious that so there's pre-production. Yeah. Which is obviously yeah. Are we going to break this down? Yeah. The intimacy coordinator, what they would do. So like for example, on this set, they, they would they, they would have met with the producer and writer director to discuss all the details of the script where nudity might happen or simulated sex, and they would go, okay, let's cover all those. And make sure that we're good with what's happening. Make sure communication is clear with the actor and with the execs. And they would meet with the performer to like go through all the intricacies of that scene. You know, make sure that the, the language and and what they have in their their actor's rider is like consistent with this. Mm-hmm. Um, that they're they're okay contractually with all this stuff. They would keep and and I think like this goes from pre-production into on set is that they would keep ensuring that like consent is still there, mm-hmm. like consent is still mutual, um, and yeah, they just they work with like departments like costumes and props, makeup to make sure that like if an actor wants to be covered in makeup for concealing or they want to have um, modesty garments, they get those, and then on set they're just like constantly reviewing those same sort of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in post production, they still they like verify that the cut is consistent with what the actor had in their writer and contract. And like, if it was if they had said, you know, I want to be blurred or I want to be obscured in such a way that they make sure that the edit reflects that. Mm-hmm. So it's it seems like it seems like the thing is like it seems like a a common sense no brainer thing that you would think just exists on any professional set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure for the most part, it probably did in in some way, like yeah. verbally, like yeah, everything's or your, cool. Or your but, agent, or, your, or like yeah, some, or your, yeah, yeah. like yeah, or, or like mm-hmm. there are, there are people like David O. Russell that treat their you know actors like garbage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think for the most part, to get a reaction out. Yeah, not everyone's a monster. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that's just that's how it's been for years because it was like, well, film is art, and it kind of. Art is pain. Yeah, Oof. and it's like this weird sort of clubhouse thing, but it's at this point now where they go, okay, we can we can maybe stop pretending that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, I get it. Yeah, you might not get the reaction you're looking for because there's no butter lube or whatever, but uh, <laughs> maybe let's not emotionally scar someone for the rest of their life. I mean, <laughs> I could cut your finger off and put it on a poster, and I'd be like, that's art. Yeah, check yeah. it out. But. Saw, the, the new <laughs> saw. My yeah. finger getting. <laughs> We're going to talk more about this intense subject. Oh, God. But first, a word from Quip. Quip, the makers of the Quip electric toothbrush, want you to know the one single discovery that matters most for your dental care. It is simply this that if you have good habits, you are good, and that is the tooth. I mean, truth. That means brushing for two minutes, twice a day, and flossing regularly, no matter what brand you use. Quip makes that simple, starting with an electric toothbrush, refillable floss, and anti-cavity toothpaste. Quip's electric toothbrush has sensitive sonic vibrations with a built-in timer and 30-second pulses to give a full and even clean. 
The Quip Floss Dispenser comes with pre-marked string to help you use just enough. Plus, Quip delivers fresh brush heads, floss, and toothpaste refills to your door every three months with free shipping, so your routine is always right. Join over 3 million healthy mouths and get Quip today starting at $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash film right now, you'll get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash film. Spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash film. It's Quip, the good habits company. Thank you, Quip, for your words of hygiene and dental prowess. Those are your words. Mm-hmm. Oh, Those are your words. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're still talking about sex on film. Yeah. Why is it that sex makes us so awkward and like, it's the one thing that kind of makes me squirm when I watch a movie, and I know it shouldn't. Like but violence doesn't. But the violence doesn't yeah. because we're so desensitized sort of to it. But also it's like I know that violence in a movie is fake. I know that sex in the movie is fake. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, sex in a film gets a more visceral reaction out of me only because there's that moment where it feels like all eyes are on me and be like, is he looking? Is he looking? <laughs> You're like, well, we're all looking. <laughs> one, one of the things I always think about is the, is like how many horrifically violent acts have you committed in your life? Very few. And now how many times have you gotten laid? <laughs> At least twice. So you know it's awkward. <laughs> like, so you're like, I think you know that it's a it's a weird it's a it's a scenario like that. And so when you're watching something, you're judging you're judging it based off yourself. Mm-hmm. If you were a hitman and you're watching the transporter, yes. you might be like Oh, I can't believe he killed that guy with a hook or whatever. You know, like, <laughs> like maybe your reaction would be different. Or I mean, even yeah. even soldiers who have to like commit violence in in war or something like do actually have a hard time coming back and then just consuming right. it. You know, yeah. so I think it is a it's a relationship to it. The further away you are from it, the easier it is to consume it and see it. You know cartoonified maybe mm-hmm. um, but the closer the relationship you have to something the more awkward it may feel when you're watching it on screen if you're in a theater and you're and you're sitting next to a little old lady and a sex scene comes on mm-hmm. does that bother you? I elbow her and go <laughs> check that out theater so here's the thing theater no we all bought tickets to this yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. airplane Yes, because you pick the movie and the person next to you pick minions. (laughs) And then and while while I feel awkward for them, one of the minions, Mm. the most you saw on their screen was one of the minions walking with that thong on. (laughs) And on your screen, it's like, yeah, Diane Lane getting plowed by who is it? Uh, French actor guy. James is, of course, referring to my childhood where I was a teenager flying back on an international flight. My grandparents wanted everyone to meet in uh, France for their like anniversary. And so long flight back was one of the first times where I was like, you get to choose your own entertainment. This is me maybe like 15 or 14 or something like that. And they had the movie Unfaithful on there. And this is before they had the the plane screens where it kind of obscures your vision. Like now they do that thing where from you, the side, it's yeah, a little you can't, bit you darker. Can't, you have to, you have to like really get on the person's lap to see like what they're <laughs> watching. Uh, and, I looked over at some screen and I saw there was like a sex scene. I was like, what is that movie? And I started going through. And on Faithful is like, it, it's the same guy did Basic Instinct. So like it's a bit of a dark uh, movie. But the dude likes filming sex. He's super into it. and He's it, good at it. Yeah. And like the first sex scene of the movie is actually pretty dark. It, it feels very like this guy's like 
coercing this woman to do something she doesn't want to do, but she ends up going through with it. And then she ends up like reigniting her sexual energy and all this stuff. And it's like, it's a really, it's an interesting movie. It's, it gets really dark. Um, I but I remember bad just, for Richard Gere. Yeah. I mean, he is, he is, they, they call him the cuckold in the movie basically. It's weird though. Cause he's like, I got this really hot wife. I hope she doesn't bang anyone else. <laughs> it's like, she is. Don't worry. Um, but yeah. And I, I read up too on that director he would give his actors like he'd get him kind of drunk sometimes oh. for sex scenes, which you know lowers your inhibitions and those sorts of things. Like, take that as you will. Yeah, uh, that that's that's kind of a weird thing to do to your actors. Is I think some actors do their own volition. Like, I think I saw a quote from Jennifer Lawrence where she said she like her first sex scene, she just got like really drunk mm-hmm. before because she didn't want to have any, like any inhibitions or feel weird. Yeah, yeah. but that that's putting yourself into a. I, I'm not judging or telling actors how to act or people how to do their jobs, but like that's sort of scary because then it yeah. it's opening yourself up to making choices that maybe you don't want. You're not going to be so happy with but. like sending someone rats. Yeah, but it's for the art. Said Jared Leto <laughs> to nobody. Damaged. Yeah. Why am I not in Birds of Prey? Adam, <laughs> you another favorite movie? Yeah. Antichrist. Oh God. Um, Antichrist is weird. Tell us about this one. This is a Lars von Trier film starring Willem Dafoe and uh, I forget her name, this other woman who seems sad in all the movies she's in. <laughs> uh, but it opens up with a with a black and white sex scene and they actually show penetration, which is, you know, if you ever seen It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, that's like Dennis's dream. <laughs> it's like we show it. And it, it. I mean, it's seeing it up close in slow motion is uh, – beautiful yet gratuitous mm-hmm. because it's shot like this really artsy film where you're like, that's going in well, and out. Right it's there. also juxtaposed with a child falling out of a window. Right. That's the other really oh. dark part. Because so. the movie is about so this much. woman's <laughs> relationship with sex. Mm-hmm. And so, but yeah. yeah. And then, so then, yeah, the movie goes down other routes, but there's, there's a weird part where she basically crushes Willem Dafoe's testicles and then gives him a hand job and makes him squirt out blood. Oh, okay. So it's just like just fun. And they that was that a close oh set or <laughs> <laughs> I think he called the whole family over. Prosthetic. Um yeah. but like does Lars von Trier have have a reputation for like exploiting his actors on set with these scenes mm. or I don't, you know, I don't think so. He has a reputation for being an asshole in real life, oh. but I don't. I think on set, like he's pretty good about getting people to buy into his vision of stuff. Yeah, without, yeah, he's he's worked with this woman a lot, but without mm-hmm. making them feel uncomfortable. I'm more, I was more uncomfortable. As I, you I know there are a lot of actors like um, Father Skarsgård who has done like eight movies with him and really enjoys working with him because I think he's he's like an artsy director that it, it's almost commercial art almost yeah. almost it, like it, a lot of his stuff is still pretty uh under the radar i think for a lot of people but antichrist is one of those movies where like it was on i don't know netflix like, you gotta watch it it's a slow burn and has a lot of disturbing imagery mm-hmm. but um he also then he went on before before that he made this movie melancholia which james told me i haven't seen it yet. i love melancholia I've yeah seen it. apparently it captures depression like perfectly yeah um and but then he followed those movies up with a movie called uh, Nymphomaniac Part One and Two, and got a lot of big actors to be in those. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of crazy. He he weirdly makes these like big budget art films. Mm-hmm. Like he he just explores one topic for the over the course of like two hours. He somehow manages to make it a movie in a lot of cases. So 
Yeah. But I don't know. I haven't I've I don't know that I've ever heard I've only heard things about him being an asshole at film festivals. Like a journalist will ask him a question and he'll say some something mm-hmm. like stupid. Mm-hmm. What do you um, think it means? Uh but I don't know that I've ever really heard scenarios of him being like like abusive to his actors. I would also say in a lot of situations his his movies are so artistic in a lot of ways that it the ones that I think you get in trouble for are when they're like we're just going to set the camera and then you guys just go at it. Mm-hmm. Like when it is just this piecemeal of like all right Willem we just need to we need a shot of your back and your muscles flexing. Mm-hmm. You know like and then we'll get the penis double to come in and do <laughs> like do the slow-mo insert. Yeah. Well I think something like the intimacy coordinator is meant to ensure that it isn't just like, you know, go for it. Mm-hmm. Adam, we were talking about like a weird Matthew McConaughey story. Oh, this is which one? Uh, uh, Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah, Jean-Marc yeah. Vallée, who did like Dallas Buyers Club and Big mm-hmm. Little Lies. He talked about how when he was filming a Dallas Buyers Club scene with Matthew McConaughey, where he has a threesome, and it's, he's like, he's like, you know, I. I just let him go, and he was on fire. Yeah, <laughs> like he's like it's it's like he did it before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like Matthew McConaughey may have mm-hmm. at one point. I mean, if you haven't seen Magic Mike and you see Matthew McConaughey at the end when he he's like, "All right, all right, it's my time to get loose," and then it's just like <laughs> he's. He he knows what he's doing. Well, so it's like sometimes you have to wonder. It's like, is that good acting? For for every for every actor like uh, Ashton Kutcher or whatever who just apologizes profusely while it's all happening, there's others I'm sure like the Vin Diesels who go, "Sex day <laughs> <laughs> today's yeah. sex day." I don't know. I've never heard yeah. anything come out negative about Vin Diesel. Right? He just seems like, like stop. He seems like the kind of person who comes onto the set of Fast and Furious. They take him out of one sleeveless black. <laughs> Black tank top with gold <laughs> chains and put on another sleeveless black tank top with mm. platinum chains. So it just seems like if it's like, all right, it's time for Dom's sexy. And he's like, you bet it is. Yeah. He has it marked on his calendar. Yeah. Like a heart. It's been there for two years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There, there's, well, there's like, a, have you ever seen uh, Birdman? The, uh, and then it has a much longer title after that. Uh-huh. The, um, the, the Ed Emancipation Norton. of Harley Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the Ed Norton character. It can't you in a weird way kind of plays himself, but he like he can't get hard unless he's in a scene. And so like he like tells his I think it's his girlfriend or wife or whatever when they're like they're acting together. He's like, what if we do it? What if we do it on stage? She's like, no, what the fuck? Like we're we're professionals. Like let's let's do it. And then she's yeah. like, she's like, are you hard? Right? What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. They're like, yeah. There are probably people like that where like they need that stimulation. They need an audience of people to like adrenaline. Get, I yeah, guess. maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Ed Norton's great at playing if, himself. If two consenting adults think the most fun that they could possibly have is is simulating sex with each other, like two beautiful consenting adults are like, you know, Jennifer Lawrence is like, oh man, I'm doing this scene with whatever Matthew McConaughey, and I can't wait to grind grind down on him. I'm like, hey, more power to you. Yeah. You know? There's a great Wolf of Wall, well, not great, but an interesting Wolf of Wall Street story. Tell me more. Um, where Mario Robbie was doing a sex scene with Leo. I imagine, wow. and uh, I don't remember the specific scene, right. but uh, she's she's lying on her back and on a pile of fake money, like real in the movie, but you know, fake for production. Mm-hmm. And then she got up, and her back was just covered in paper cuts, oh, and like the yikes. the crew said, it looked like she had been like lashed because <laughs> oh, it was so bad. And that's the kind of thing where I'm sure, you know, as an actor, you're like, I don't want to mess up this take. Mm-hmm. Like it's probably it's probably painful, and you're yeah. like you're like I just want it to be over with. That was, that was similar to um, History of Violence, similar mm-hmm. scene like that. 
I tell you later, but sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, it's just, there. Are, I think there are lots of times too where not necessarily a sex scene, but an actor is doing something that's like uncomfortable, like standing in a certain position for hours or lying somewhere for hours doing the scene, and like that's it's you know they're not thinking about it as like any like in her case, I, she probably was just thinking about the the paper cutting into her back and not like oh this is really yeah. sexy, right? Um, mm-hmm. But the, again, on set, there's that pressure of you know. If I someone else worked really hard to put that the production designer and the art department worked really hard to make sure the bed was covered in the right way, and then the DP knew the shot and had to make sure that the so if I say, "Hey, can we move this paper?" It's going to start a chain reaction yeah, yeah. of events. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you sometimes you just agree with it, and you yeah. also hope. I would say, from my limited to, compared to everyone that we're seeing on screen experience of being on set. You're in a position. You're like, well, I'll, I'll be fine. And then, then the sixty seconds becomes two minutes, and the two minutes becomes five minutes, and the five minutes becomes ten minutes, and then the ten minutes becomes thirty minutes. So there's like a point where we were doing sure. stuff for Arizona Circle, and all I I had a blood packet that was supposed to squirt blood out of my neck, and I had, but I had to control it from my own hand, mm-hmm. and it was running a tube or up my sleeve to my to my neck that I was holding here while I was also leaning down, and the shot was set up, and then I was sitting there waiting to do the shot, and then uh, Blaine and Chris started rethinking and just having a conversation, and I was sitting there as my arm is falling asleep, and my back is like twisted in this horrific position. And I was like, it was just gathering pain, gathering pain, gathering pain, gathering pain until eventually I was like, you have to decide what we're gonna do right now because otherwise I'm gonna get up and walk away. <laughs> like, God. So yeah, I still, I was sitting there uncomfortable for probably like 10 minutes, just right. going like, I think my arm is going to fall off. We might have to go to a doctor. I just imagine a world where the intimacy coordinator has like a lab and they have like, it's like it's two guys like Jerry, get in here, do me on this on this oh, yeah. uh, on these yeah, dollar let's bill. Let's test it. And he's like he has a Marco Robbie wig, and he's like, <laughs> okay, oh, I feel a cut. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Prop and a set decoration testing lab. Yeah, and then they, they Skype in or they do a video conference call, but they're still dressed up as the characters. Like Marty, you can't have her on the paper. Yeah, <laughs> well, she's gonna be. She's gonna look like she got lashed, Marty. <laughs> There's the sequence from um, Love Actually. Right, mm-hmm. where they're on that porno set. Oh yeah, Martin Freeman and the other woman are mm-hmm. like the stand-ins yeah, for the uh-huh. porn actors. Yeah. They also just kind of show up but at the end of the movie. <laughs> for some reason, he has his clothes on the whole time, and she's she's topless at every no, scene. They they both end up naked. I'm fairly yeah. certain. She, well, she's doing like a really like kind of bored hand job. I'm like we're setting up the lighting. She's yeah. like, he's like, so what are you doing later today? Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it's a funny bit. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, but yes. Anyway, that, that that's the perfect candidate for a. Um, for a intimacy coordinator, mm-hmm. that's the, that would be maybe their role. Yeah, yeah, it's all fake. Um, well, I think we'd creepy. be remiss to not talk about Brown Bunny, mm. a favorite oh. of some of the crew here. I don't, yeah, I don't know what this is. It's okay. in, it's infamous for being infamous. It's yeah, Roger yeah. Ebert like hated this movie because yeah. uh, what's her name, Chloe Savini. 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 It was uh, she's been in a, or a whole bunch of like. Sexually charged films, uh, even like with kids back in the day. You ever see kids, Lindsay? No. Oh man, that's a that's a that's a Harmony Corinne joint. Pretty dark little movie. He wrote it when he was like nineteen, but yeah, the in this movie, Brown Bunny, uh, the director, I forget his name. His name is uh, Vincent Gallo. Vincent Gallo. Yeah, they basically 
she gives him a blowjob in the movie, but it's it's not simulated. It's not simulated. It's like you see it's it shot like a a porno. Oh, essentially, it's just a real blowjob. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I I I only remember hearing about this movie because Roger Ebert was like. This movie's terrible. Like, I've taken bit, be, better dumps than this thing. Oh, yeah. It had a big, like, backlash at the time. Cause mm-hmm. it, I think it screened at Con, and then it, like, everyone was like, no, this is trash, and yeah. this is inappropriate. Well, da, da, da. well, then this director, I believe, says, like, he was, like, sort of gloating when Roger Ebert got cancer, and Roger Ebert was like, at least when I'm dead, I don't have to watch your movies anymore. <laughs> it was like, just sort of like a champ to the end of like, mm-hmm. like go, as he's being lowered into the ground, he has his middle finger up yeah. to yeah. Vincent Gallo. But it was a situation so. where like Chloe Savini was like, I'm cool with doing this. Mm-hmm. She was like, I don't have a problem with doing this. And it, it thankfully didn't seem to hurt her career too much. Um, mm-hmm. She said it hurt her personal relationships a little bit more than her career. Mm-hmm. There were people that, uh, like whether it was boyfriends or they were uncomfortable with that and you know, she's like I don't talk about it with my mom mm-hmm. and um, we watch it every Christmas <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know her agency dropped her because that, of that, it apparently that was a, was unfounded like that oh, wasn't really? true okay. yeah that, that was what people were saying but okay. we, must, we she's were still a with, trivia on the toilet yeah mm-hmm. apparently she's still with that agency to this day okay Unless my trivia is the wrong trivia. We stand by you, right. mm-hmm. Chloe. Yeah. Um, I like her. I, I think she's pretty yeah. cool. And, yeah. Her agency, um, oh, is it uh, Vivid Video or uh, <laughs> Seder Productions? Um, yeah. the, the, when I think about like sex scenes, the one that immediately came to my mind was the orgy in Eyes Wide Shut. Because that, that, that whole movie, like just the the production and everything around it, because it was supposed to be like a six-month shoot that turned into like over – a year and a half or something crazy Mm -hmm. and at the time it was such a big deal because Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman were married Mm -hmm. and they were doing this really sexually charged film that deals with you know sexual deceit and stuff and so people were like are they going to be doing it for real on screen (laughs) it was like a whole thing but then you sort of learn that also like Stanley Kubrick was a maniac and like really obsessive about everything Mm -hmm. but can't show that Um, (laughs) and uh, and you know it was the sort of thing where he would Nicole Kidman would be shooting scenes with this male model and he would make them do like three weeks worth of it and then he would forbid her from telling Tom Cruise anything about it and Weird. he kept changing up stuff in the orgy scenes where like people were supposed to have modesty garments that then got removed and wow. and all this stuff and man I can't think of a less sexy person than Stanley Kubrick <laughs> but I'm pretty sure he was he was just a kinky dude just based on he was an artist his, yeah, no, I know. And he valued art mm-hmm. over all things. Yeah, and filming way longer than he needed to. Mm-hmm. Like, was it ninety takes for here's, uh, you know, here's Johnny? Oh yeah. Like, yeah. It's like I think we got it. Yeah, I think there was a story about how he he did ninety five takes of Tom Cruise just walking through a door because mm-hmm. he like wanted to get it perfect. But mm-hmm. it was weird that he was Christ. He was like breeding this sense of sexual paranoia between his like lead actors who had yeah. an actual relationship. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> well, then, he's calling Nicole Kim and I guess you're not going to believe what Tom said to me. I'm, I'm not supposed to tell you, but and he's like, he's got, he's on. I he, couldn't, I, cu- I couldn't he's, possibly. He's laying on his stomach with his legs back. His phone is a burger. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hamburger. <laughs> uh, there, there's so many stories like that. Like talking about Marlon Brando there. If you watch the documentary Lost Souls, it's about the making of the Island of Dr. Moreau. So many people were tricked 
into working with Marlon Brando where they're like, the great Marlon Brando. And he's like, I'm just a fat guy and I got this little dude and I'm going to be an asshole. <laughs> it's just like, I, I, ain't I a stinker? They're like, fuck you, fatty. <laughs> At some point, like the director who, the second director they called in, he was like, fuck this guy. Mm-hmm. He's an ass. <laughs> so anyway. One of the first, I think maybe the first like kind of sexy scene I ever saw, I think was the Titanic. Oh yeah, scene. yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to go into the water. I would have been like ten, and uh, yeah, and when I, and my parents took me to see it. What made theaters. you think of that, Lindsay? Was it this two-hour and forty-minute <laughs> Titanic sinks in real time video? This is I've an got amazing video. Scenes. Can you send this to me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you saw it with your parents? Yeah, they took me to see it in theaters. Yeah. Was it so? How was it an awkward experience? Because that that it's pretty. It's tasteful, right? It's a PG-13 movie. Yeah, it's movie. not, and like the sex scene, it's not like there was like a ton of sex. It mm-hmm. was just like, oh, this is like their romantic moment. And it was more mm-hmm. like, I remember thinking like, oh, wow, it's really, and then I was like, oh, those are her boobs. My mm-hmm. parents took me to see this movie. Oh, They're but he's so also, cool. he's even he's even drawing her though. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I just, And then like, it's like barely a, like a little bit of making out in the car and then like a hand on yeah. the window. Mm-hmm. So. I just remember at the time hearing trivia that, you know, oh, that those aren't actually Leonardo DiCaprio's hands drawing her. That's James Cameron and thinking like Kate Winslet was probably like, I was promised that Leo would be drawing mm-hmm. me. <laughs> well, Leo tried and it was terrible. Yeah. It was, it was a like stick this, figure. this yeah, disgusting doodle with huge <laughs> boobs or whatever. <laughs> James Cameron's like, oh, let me try. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's, what is what is? I don't know if I don't want to derail this, release mm-hmm. away from Titanic sinking. No, but what what? That was your first memory of like mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. sex scene in a movie or something. Yeah. Does everyone remember there? Like, I, I can't. I, I mean, way way younger than so that. There, <laughs> yeah, mine was too. Mine, mine was really awkward because I was only like four or five, I think. But we were watching. This is this is a weird one. We were just watching a movie that one of the parents had taped, mm-hmm. like on the VHS. But at the end. It kept recording and it got to the Skinamax stuff or like the <laughs> HBO After Dark. Yeah. And I remember being really young, like hiding behind the couch because there was a woman in like a short skirt who kept flashing her bush. And I was like, I'm not supposed to see this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remember my To the mo- couch. Yeah. Well, then like my mom ran in. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> uh, but uh, the, the moment where like I really remember it was Two Days in the Valley. Um, which is a pretty pretty good movie, but there's a James Spader, Charlize Theron sex scene, mm-hmm. and it started, and my mom made me leave the room because yeah. it was like watching with my mom, my grandparents, my brother, mm-hmm. one wow. of my uncles, Whole and she's family. like, yeah. Well, I think they were just like, I heard this movie's like Pulp Fiction. We should watch it. <laughs> it's a good movie, though. It's, it's not. It's not so bad. Speaking of good movies, here's a word from Extraordinary. Funhouse is proud to be the official podcast partner of Extraordinary, a supernatural comedy starring Maeve Higgins, Barry Ward, Will Forte, and Claudia O'Durty. I've seen it, and this movie has everything. Ghosts, driving instructors, Irish ghosts, Satanism, father and daughter stories, and more. Maeve Higgins plays the sweet-natured but lonely Rose who uses her driving instructor business to avoid her sad past. Her character is fantastic. Higgins has such a dry delivery and aloof quality to her comedy that makes it both laugh out loud, but also so charming to watch. Some of you may have seen Extraordinary at South by Southwest, so you can understand why it has a 100% aggregate score on Rotten Tomatoes. If you haven't seen it, the movie will release on March 6th at the Alamo Drafthouse. You can get more information at www.crankedupfilms.com extraordinary. Go see a screening if you can, and huge thank you to Extraordinary for your sponsorship. Thank you, me, for those great words about <laughs> Extraordinary. <laughs> we are back in Filmhouse, and you know what? 
Any any other final thoughts? Well, I, was, on, I, I want to hear James' story. I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear Elisa. Do you remember oh, no, your I, first? I honestly could not mm-hmm. even tell you. I was not really censored to anything. So I, I wasn't was, either. I was, I was, but I know. What, I feel like I know what the first like thing that I was like. This is a movie. This is a sex. Like, if I ever yeah. want to find sex again, I will watch on this no. movie. Can I? Can I guess? Yeah. Demolition Man. I mean, there's not really. What I, is it? What is it? Showgirls. No. Terminator. You, I'm. I'm way. I either I'm way older than you guys, or as I was watching it when I was way younger. What was it? Sliver, starring okay. Sharon Stone and one of the Baldwins. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Have you guys aware of this movie? I've never seen Sliver. It, it's How, it's her was, hot what? off the heels of like Basic Instinct and okay. stuff, where she was like, I guess my thing is I'm an actress and I do sex. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, it's just a, it's an erotic thriller about this woman who moves into an apartment to a, a con apartment building that's very tall like a sliver okay and then there's a guy who owns the building mm-hmm. who she starts a, a young guy though who owns the building is very socially awkward that she starts a sexual relationship with but also the person who lived in her apartment before that's the died mysteriously interesting is that guy the baldwin or that's the baldwin okay the and and i believe um what tom berenger is also in it okay. and he's like you better stay away from this dude he's bad news i think he killed that woman okay and so she's she's like caught up in this this is the most intense sexual relationship she's ever been in what is this going to trigger you I mean, I'm already triggered. Um, the, as the intimacy coordinator, I will keep my hand on his junk. Yes. And if I feel stiffness, um, you'll be fine. But yeah, basically it's a, it's a very, it's one of those 90s sexual thrillers. Mm-hmm. Um, what is that? That's Steven? That's a Steven. Steven. That's Steven. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like the thought process of when I need to find it again, this mm-hmm. is the one to watch. I, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, because I mean, it was HBO. As a kid, you had HBO. Yeah. And you would just go, I would go through and I'd look for N's and SC. <laughs> BN would mean brief nudity, and that means maybe I'll see a butt, but it might be a guy's butt. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, Ted your bets. What? Demolition Man only has brief nudity. Very brief. Um, oh, what what were the circum- what were the circumstances in which you saw this? Your it was on. Like, it was just on. You had HBO. I, or something. I, we had HBO. TV was and it was on, on. I was watching. <laughs> Man, that that was a tough thing for me growing up because we didn't have HBO or any of those things. Um, but when they did those free weekends, I was up till five a.m. <laughs> just like more butt. <laughs> so I my first the experience was definitely Titanic, but like my dad had one of those. Satellite dishes. Oh, mm-hmm. so so you would get Anything. thousands of channels. You yeah. capture all the pornos, and like you could put the satellite on any of the TVs in the house. And I remember sometimes I'd t- be flipping the channels, and I'd be like, "Somebody left this channel on," <laughs> and it was you know the dirty. The it dirty, was the dirty channel. The, the Spice Network or Playboy TV or one of those many things. Um, they also the song for Sliver was UB40. Red, Is it Red, Red Wine? No, no, the other one. Um, why yeah. yeah, fools rush in. Okay. I think everything they do is I a can't cover. help falling in love with you. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Okay. That's fine. They were 311 before 311. Yeah. <laughs> My other question was, and I'm just reading this off your, but sometimes they are, right? So sex scenes in movies are not real, but sometimes they are. So how many? What? How many do Who's you think sex? actually were real? Was well, you got the blowjob. The blowjob for sure. <laughs> yeah. I happened. read that. This was a long time ago, and maybe this was just like my friends bullshitting. There was a movie about um, with Edie Falco. Sure. Uh, From The Sopranos. Am I thinking of that right? Yeah. Yeah. Nurse Jackie. Yeah. yeah. 
but may, actually it might have been some no maybe I'm oh. thinking of somebody else but okay. anyways there was a movie where uh, she played like a supermodel and like they were like oh they actually had sex in that movie okay. mm. supermodel so like I was curious about what mm. trivia there might be about you say real or not real and then uh-huh. you have to guess well there's another one that I, I when Elisa was saying oh we're doing this thing there's another also. movie that I I heard about I think in college or whatever called Nine Songs Oh yes, yes. And it's yeah. it's basically I don't know if you want to pull up a trailer for it. I don't. It's basically <laughs> a and again, an art film, mm-hmm. but it's about this rela- this relationship for between this couple that unfolds over a long amount of time, but the movie is essentially them at a concert hanging out at a concert listening to music and then going back to their apartment and having a sexual interaction nine times. That's the whole movie. It's just nine nine of those scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they do actually have yeah, yeah features unsimulated yeah. sexual intercourse I'm an idiot and I meant to say Edie Sedgwick oh. <laughs> and I'm thinking of Factory Girl mm-hmm. the movie Factory, oh, Factory oh, Girl oh wait with the Factory Girl movie with uh, um, Selma yes oh. Factory Girl Selma wait her name. name is Selma Hayek because no. the sex scene in that movie What's is like Blair pretty intense Selma Blair Sienna Miller. Sienna, Sienna Miller. Miller. Oh yeah, Sienna Miller. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching it, being like, "Are they really doing it, <laughs> Mom?" Two thousand six. Yeah, I've seen this movie. I did like it. I Don't remember that scene. <laughs> I I did have to do some research for today's episode. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. <laughs> um, I've actually never seen the movie E Mama E Two Mama Tambien. E Mama Tambien. Those sex scenes, I know they're they're obviously From the director of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban comes it, the movie. Yeah, I remember there was a, I remember when they talked about that. They're like, so what's going to be your vision for Prisoner of Azkaban? He's like, sex, lots of sex, and then it is like, in parentheses, he is joking. Yeah. So this is why I watched this movie because I was a big hating Christian. Who isn't? Man. Well, he played Most Bob Dylan in this movie. Yeah. Well, they, no, no, he plays a Bob Dylan character. Uh, he's, he's not actually. Bob he's Dylan. basically Bob Dylan, they, but legally they can't say he's Bob Dylan. Because Bob Dylan was supposedly involved with this woman's disappearance or murder or whatever, and so yeah. they can't say his name. Anyway, that's it's Darth Vader. Dill Bobbin. <laughs> Fast forward halfway through this video. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? Oh no! I see James Cameron pull up on a raft and go faster, <laughs> ugly hands. For see if our can audio hear. listeners were watching a video of the Titanic <laughs> sinking in real time in two mm-hmm. hours and forty minutes. It's a recommended video, of course, from mm-hmm. Sliver or something. <laughs> <laughs> can you see Billy Zane firing gunshots? <laughs> well, I love you. Any <laughs> final thoughts on? What we talked about today. I, I think it's a great. I think it's a oh, long overdue and a really great thing. I think you know being on set has, is very stressful as already, and there's a lot of things that just completely get forgotten. And oftentimes it can be manners, and it can be human courtesy, and it sucks that we need to. But I think anytime you can look at any work environment where intimacy or exposing yourself in some way is part of it and thinking about how can we make this a thing I, I you know emotional intelligence is something that a, human beings are only kind of now starting to wrap our head around in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and being considerate so well, uh, I think this is a good move and Eli if you're listening I think your wife loves you very much mm-hmm. I'm ready for my sex scene now <laughs> could you do a sex scene could I I could, Anybody? as long as there was an intimacy coordinator and Eli Roth's there wife go. was there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, if James was holding my hand while I did it. <laughs> yeah. I can't act, and I can't have sex, so I can't have a sex scene. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, <laughs> well, I wanted to do a little uh, how do you do at the end of this video oh, impromptu sure. and ask everybody what they are watching right now or plan to watch this weekend because mm. we certainly don't want to be here. We want to be home watching TV. I will go first and I will say, speaking of sex, I'm going to be watching the final season of Outlander, which is basically like mild softcore porn. Is the show done? I think this is the last season. But has the last season premiered? Or, no, no, no. Or? It's going to be this weekend. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, I think, yeah. And so, any, anything else? The 100 you finished. I f- I'm going to watch the last season of The 100, but in oh, April. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, okay. I need to watch the last season of uh, The Good Place. <coughs> Great season. So Great show. I can't wait to watch all of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a big movie coming out this weekend, right? Not this weekend. It's oh, it's next out. weekend? No, oh. it's this week. We're, it? Yeah, we're going Thursday. Yeah. yeah, I know, but isn't it already out? Oh, pardon out me. Yes, last weekend. Yeah. Seen. Oh, gotcha. We've seen it. We pre-filmed that. And right. it's great. Yes, fantastic. I think <laughs> maybe. Uh, still haven't seen Birds of Prey. Heard it was good. Looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, I heard um, it was not bad. Harley yeah. Quinn, Birds of Prey. It's yeah. called. They changed maybe, it. Maybe this will be the weekend I see Harley Quinn, mm. Birds of Prey. There were, you know, we watched the Oscars, uh, and there was a lot of good stuff in there. <laughs> like a lot of... Movies that I had not heard of. I still haven't uh, seen Missing Link. I started watching yeah, the same. movie that won Best Documentary um, because it took place in Do- Dayton, Ohio, which is where I'm mm-hmm. from. Oh, yeah. So American I was really, Factory. yeah, yeah. I was really interested. That looked interesting. It's good yeah. so far. I watched it on the plane yesterday. Yeah, I think I I forget that I do that sometimes where I watch the Oscars and go, those movies look cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I should yeah, check yeah. those out. I guess that they're getting nominated. I got really close. I almost watched all the Best Picture nominees just through happenstance this mm-hmm. year, but I, I missed Marriage Story. That's so the only I, one that I saw. I <laughs> want to. I, I want to finally watch Marriage Story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good. I uh, have been Inside Number Nine. Inside Number Nine is back. back. Oh, really? So I imagine, cool. I imagine Elise and I will be watching that, <sighs> and I'm also finally watching Narcos Mexico. I can't I believe that. that every time a new season comes around this show, it's still just as great as ever. I cannot believe it. So, How? I still, need, I still need to finish season two. Don't tell me how it ends. How? Lock and key. Maybe by now I'll be oh, finished yeah. it. Wait, oh, it's out now, that. right? It came out last or two weekends ago, I, I guess. Have, did you like it? I, I like the comic, so. I like the comics. I like the radio at play adaptation. Yeah. There's stuff, stuff that I like, and I can't stop watching it, but a lot of the writing, the, the teenager's teenager writing, is real. Okay. It's real Everyone disingenuous. Everyone has to have some sort of last word or quip in every uh, conversation. Yeah. It kills it's, me. But, but I think you'd enjoy just watching it. Maybe. It's, cool it's digestible. I'm... I'm anytime Netflix announces they're adapting something now, I go, eh, I don't know. I still need to check out Witcher, which I've heard mixed things, but a lot of people seem to like it. So I'll watch that. But now when they're like, like if Netflix is announcing like we're doing World War Z, but we're doing it like the book, I'd go, I don't know. I'm I'm worried. Mm. I don't know. Their their track record seems to be more missed than hit or just sort of lukewarm. I've said it before, but I'd be down if somebody did a Harry Potter series and each season was a book. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that like, would have been great. Be into that. But from would you be down? You'd be down for that. Yeah, why not? Hmm, bold. <laughs> <laughs> but from Dobby's perspective, or creature, <laughs> you don't even know anything about creature. Say two things about creature. He hates mug bloods. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you got mug, me there. Mug bloods. <laughs> yeah, I, the serious black family should have fired creature a long time <laughs> yeah. ago. Look, we know he's racist. <laughs> yeah, they liked his racism. Yeah. Anyway, well, thank you all for watching and listening. We'll be back next week. Let us know in the comments below what you're watching and how sexy it is. <laughs> Did you watch Fifty Shades of Grey? I saw all of them. Next question. <laughs> <laughs>